Hi everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Paratalk. Uh, this episode, I've got another guest. Actually, a fellow, I won't say a fellow podcaster, but someone who I've followed on YouTube for quite a while. And as soon as I mention their name, I think a lot of people out there are going to go, oh yes, I know who that is. So without further ado, let me introduce the man himself, Mr. Curious World. Hello Reeves, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? Very well. Thank you for having me. Uh, that's quite all right. It's uh, it's quite uh, it's quite a thing. I mean, I gotta admit, bit of a fanboy. Do like your channel. Oh really? Can you tell me a little bit about how Curious World, how it came about, how it started? Yeah. Well, back in 2015, I was a big fan of. Uh, there's, there's a few channels that I, I was into. Uh, Top Fives was one of them. Rob Dyke was another one and there were a couple of others but top fives and rob dyke were the main ones for the longest time i I was watching their videos and thought oh this this i could do this maybe possibly i could do this i I, I don't know but i kept putting it off because i really didn't like the sound of my own voice and i didn't feel comfortable telling stories because it was something i'd never done before i'd never done any kind of voiceover or anything like that Uh, so it took a few months for me to get my head around it and then in the end i thought oh what the hell you know i can do it i can do it i can be anonymous if it if it works it works if it doesn't nothing lost so yeah i just got a a microphone the only microphone i knew at the time because a friend of mine was a musician and he used a uh, zoom h4n pro Mm -hmm. from talking to him that was the only thing that i knew that worked quite well so i went and bought one of those and and i went from there iMovie, obviously free software. Yeah, so that's how I started. Well, I have to say that um, your videos are they, they're very well done, and you seem to put a lot of effort into them because they are just the right length, and they research-wise, you do hit all the markers because they are very engaging. Was there a plan when you started out? Did you think I'm going to do a YouTube channel? I'm going to research ghost uh, the paranormal obviously you've got to be interested in that to have the motivation to do it was that your first idea well the the first video i ever did was based on murder rates crime rates around the world in in the most crime-ridden cities that was my first that was what my first video was about and i think when i started i just wanted to make videos that i was interested in things that interested me i wasn't worried about anybody else because i didn't have any subscribers obviously i didn't have any viewers as far as i knew so i just thought i'm just going to do some videos that i like that things i'm interested in and and they were all very different because i think i did a a one like i say about the crime rates from around the world and then i did one on the darwin awards and then i did one on the death of sunny liston the boxer and then i did one on haunted hotels and it was all very eclectic Mm -hmm. Uh, it was all just things that I was interested in. And then obviously, as time goes on, and you do begin to to gain a little bit of an audience, which I didn't for about a year, then you you start to realise what people like mm. from their comments and, and obviously the videos that are more popular. I'm, I'm not really one to... I didn't want to make videos for other people. I did want to make them for myself. At the same time, I didn't want to be too eclectic because I didn't want to alienate people. So I did decide I'm going to stick to true crime and I'm going to stick to the paranormal. And that's and, and that's how I, I, I continued from about, I think from about my sixth or seventh, seventh video. So, okay, so I'm my, my next question would be, 
regarding the paranormal, you you set up a YouTube, you make some videos, uh, it kind of works, you feel that you've got a path you're going down. Where do you get your stories from? You have, have you got a kind of, do you read books and then think, well, that'll make a good video or yeah. I could retell that or is it stuff that you've picked up over the years? Because clearly you have an interest in the paranormal. We'll touch on that a little bit later. But what point did the Curious World YouTube channel, did it say, well, this now is going to be about the supernatural and all things weird? Um, re- really, g- going back to the, the, the first point, I get it. My stories from everywhere. It's like I might be, say, I'll be reading a book. Say, say I'm reading a true crime book, and it might be a book about a really well-known case, like Jack the Ripper or something. And I won't cover something like that because it's been done many, many times before, and I mm. don't want to cover old ground. And I don't think that I could ever bring anything new to that table anyway. You know, considering Jack the Ripper, but I might see there might be a subplot in that story that they just mention in passing. And I think, hang on, what what was that? What was that person's name? What, how were they, what did they do? Oh, uh, yeah. And and then I'll, I'll take that. And I'll, it, for, for example, I mean, it's, it's not the best example, but um, there was the, the Thames Torso murders yep. of 1888. Yeah. Now, that that's quite reasonably well covered. I may cover it in the future because it hasn't been, there's a lot more to say about it because I read, I read a book about it. I can't, sorry, I can't remember the, the author's name, the author's from the Isle of Wight. I can't remember his name now. Um, but we, we did speak once after I read the book because I was so impressed by it. So I actually contacted the guy, but um, th- there was mention of a, another torso case in 1966. And I thought, really that, you know, that they were like parallel stories. I mean, obviously like a 70 years apart, I looked into that realized that nobody had mentioned it on youtube and i looked into the british um archive you know the newspaper archive and i pulled out as many stories as i could and i made a video about that but i would have only i only knew about it because i read about the 1888 torso murders otherwise i would never have known it even happened because a lot of these stories are completely forgotten they're lost to history Mm. which is a real shame another one that i was really happy that I, I found because again it was one of those stories that you could really dramatize it quite well and you could make a, f- a film out of it but yet again it's just another story that was lost to history it was when i did the um the dark towers from wisconsin right yeah case i never thought for a second that i would be able to take a wisconsin story from the american midwest and link it to jack the ripper and the london police force <laughs> but, but that but uh, it was just one of those subplot things. I thought, wow, this 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 is great. Yeah, it was about uh, a man who, uh, Wisconsin man who com- committed a murder, and uh, to escape, he travelled to back to Switzerland because that's where he was from. But he went via Ireland. He was intercepted in Ireland, and then he was taken to London. And I, I just thought that was a really interesting link. Yeah. Between the two, because I could hark back to, and it was only. I think five or six weeks after Mary, the body of Mary Kelly was found. It's bizarre. So in amongst all of this uh, Jack the Ripper mania that was happening, you had this little story all the way from Wisconsin that just made its way into the London, London police force. And it, it, it was, it was mentioned a couple of times in newspapers at the time, but it was forgotten just as quickly. And it's just those little snippets of history that I like to bring back because otherwise I don't want to, 
blow my own you know i don't want to make it sound like i'm i'm doing a great service but i think if i hadn't mentioned it maybe it may never have been mentioned again it's interesting that you uh kind of connect the dots in that way by looking at a story from a a slightly skewered angle and looking at the areas the blind sides that people don't tend to research or look Mm. into because when we look at these stories for example jack the ripper being you know one of the most famous tales there are and who done it or you know murder mystery but when we look at it for what it is it's been covered so many times and the story's been told over and over yeah. and over that you you take it for granted that well it's the guy and he went around london and he just stabbed people yeah. and and that was it but you, when you start to sort of dissect it and look at all these intricate links that possibilities then you can start to uh, unstitch the story and kind of look at it from a slightly different angle and and that's interesting because those are the those are the angles that that never get looked at because people don't either for one they don't want to do the work and it's like oh yeah. it's too much work i'm not doing that or they don't want to do the research and uh, reading books looking at history oh no i can't be doing that I just don't want to tell the story you know that they're, they're two things that take a lot of time and a lot of effort and that leads me on to my next question is you do a lot of research into the uh, videos that you make. Do you plan to say, well, I need to go there and research this or research yeah. that? Or is it something that kind of grow as you do an episode? Do you find that you need to go to certain places, research, maybe a, a small village somewhere you think, well, I need yeah. to go there and experience what this place is like just so I can kind of put myself into the place of the characters that I'm going to be talking about. Is that where, how far do you go when you research? Well, if, if the place I'm talking about is reasonably close to me, I will drive there. I will just go there because there's no excuse. I think it's a it's a real shame if I was to do a story about something that happened in in Yeovil or or, or Bristol and I didn't bother going there myself to to, to film yeah. some of the locations, especially if it's a modern day tale because the locations won't have changed that much, and the visuals will make a, a lot more sense. It's a little bit different, I, I think, if you're talking about something that happened hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Because if you if you're yeah. filming a modern city, it's very difficult to uh, use use that footage as a, as a setting for something that happened to you know a hundred years ago. But um, mm. yeah, I do tend to to travel to places if they're not too far away. I will do. So my flip side question to that is that when you do go to locations, because we just to let the listeners know. Um, we are kind of reasonably close. We live in the same yeah. southwest bubble. So we, we both live in the same area of folklore, legends and mystery and mm. ghost tales. And we, we kind of, we, we're both kind of in that kind of area. So there's a lot of legends, there's a lot of stories and a lot of folk tales to do with the southwest. I I love the books that you buy in the secondhand bookshop that were self-published and people have written about folklore and stuff. I, I love yeah. all that stuff. But I also love to go to places which have a haunted castle or whatever and, and kind of experience whatever I experience. So my, my flip side to my question, sorry, I went off on a tangent there, but my flip side to my question is when you do make a, um, a video, whatever it might be, torso mystery or, or whatever, um, and you've produced it and you've uploaded it, are you always happy with your finished product or do you think, oh, I could have added this or I could have added that? Uh, I'm, I'm never entirely happy with it. Um, sorry, I, I did miss one point from your previous question, but I'll go back to this one if yeah, that's sorry. all right. You, 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 you talked about sources, the sources that I go to. 
Yes. Well, my first port of call is would be Wikipedia. I mean, people okay. people slate it and, and say how awful it is. And yes, it's not always a great source, but it's a good starting point for anyone. And once, once you start looking further than Wikipedia, you can begin to pull out all of the nonsense. You can work out what, what happened and what didn't. You, you can take out the facts. You can work out the facts and the fiction. And another place that I go to immediately after that is the British News Archive, which is a paid yeah. subscription. And you can pull up millions of uh, pages yeah. of newspaper articles from the last 300 years. And um, also there's a, there's a New York Times which is also a paid subscription as well. Those news archives that they're a, they're a goldmine really of information and stories. And then after that, I will look at books. You know, I will go to eBay and I'll go to um, Bookfinder and things like that, and and try and find these any obscure old books that may cover subject that I'm I'm covering. I know it's going to be difficult. You've got a lot of content on your Curious World channel. There's a ton of content on there, but. What would be one of your favourite episodes that you've put together that you had most fun doing and was were happy with it, the finished yeah, product? Yeah, um, the, the one that I, like I said, I'm never entirely happy, but the one that I had the most fun with and the one that I'm most happy with is the Dark Tales from Wisconsin video. It was my first 30-minute-plus video, I think, that I did. I think it was came out at 40 minutes or something like that. That wasn't a reason that, that I liked it because I didn't force it. I didn't make it that long, but it got to the point where it's like, I can't really condense it anymore. I don't like to condense information too much because then you, you end up missing vital parts of the story, which I think is really important. Mm. And uh, I think one of the things that a lot of YouTubers do is they try to condense all of the information to get the stuff out as quickly as they can. It's not about conveying information. It's about as much monetization as they can get. So I try not to condense it too much. But yeah, the... Um, the Wisconsin Towers was a really interesting one. People say to me, well, why did you do Wisconsin? Of all the places in the world, of all the states, why did you pick that one? Well, I have a friend of mine called Todd Shiedlow from Wisconsin. And he he sent me a, a documentary called um, The Wisconsin Death Trip. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. Well, it's a very it's a very good documentary. It's about a very small area of Wisconsin. It's not about the state as a whole, but it just tells stories from its history dark stories from its history and i and i really love the documentary and it just went from there and then he also sent me a um a book called weird wisconsin as well which was um a great source of information so really that video came from those two sources that were sent to me from from the state <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, that kind of level of research is you, you, you touched on something there about uh, other channels that will just condense stuff to do it kind of a, a bulletin. There's your story yeah. and thank you and good night. That's good if you're looking for something that you just need to get a little bit of a feel for. It can also be damaging because if you don't get all the information... And then you start to think, well, I know everything about it now. I watch this 10-minute video and I don't need to know anything more. And there could be so much more that you're missing out on, which would make the story yeah. even more interesting. It's it's kind of the way that YouTube is now. And I understand why producers do that is because they want to work to the algorithm. That's the way it is now. But it's nice when you do get a show and it's, it's 30 minutes long and you think, well, I've put all the information in there and I, I don't want to take anything more away. I've stripped away all I can. You've got the full story. And it's it's more of a, I would say that, with 30 minutes long, that's more of a mini documentary rather than yeah. a, a short video. That's, you've got, you're in the realms of documentary yeah. sort of length there. So, yeah, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I, I say that um, anything that uh, has got 
good quality information in it will, will never be boring. It will people if you get bored of it, then it's you can always come back and watch it later. My other other side of it is I know that you've got lots and lots of videos that you've done for Curious World, but you do recently you've had a another channel pop up. You've yes. got the Phantom Chronicles. So you've got you've got two different projects here. Is there a reason? Um yes, there is. Um over the well it it's something that I thought about doing now for a couple of years, but I never went through with it because I thought, well, can I really do two channels justice? I didn't want to do a, a second channel and just have it as a sleeper channel and, you know, put out, say, two or three videos a year. I, I wanted to, to give it the same amount of attention, but I just didn't think that I had the time to do it. And also, as time went on with the Curious World channel, I noticed that every time I would upload a story about, say, the paranormal, well, one, I would hemorrhage subscribers, and two, I would get a lot, as much as a lot of people loved it, and I got a lot of very positive feedback, and I always did whenever I uploaded a ghost story video. But I also got a lot of comments Mm -hmm. that said, I don't like this nonsense. Why do you cover this BS? Stick to the true crime, stick to facts, stick to history. Likewise, I would then do a true crime video and I would, again, lose a lot of subscribers. Obviously, the people who didn't like the true crime, who liked the paranormal stuff. And I would get comments. Yeah. Um, again, mostly very good, uh, positive ones. But I'd also get comments saying, well, I don't like this stuff. I like the paranormal stuff. Why don't you do more paranormal stuff? So I thought, well, it got to the point in the end where I thought, well, I've really got to split it. And I know people say that, well, you can't please everybody and you can't. But I wanted to make a bloody good go at it. (laughs) Um, So that's why I split it. And now I do. I've got the true crime slash grim histories slash what lies beneath, as I like to call it, because I do the the unearthed, the series of the unearthed videos, you know, when nature unearths the dead, which I, I am which is a really popular series actually. And I am planning on doing a fifth one um, this, this year or in the next couple of months. But yeah, I, I decided to keep them separate. So with the Phantom Chronicles being that the, the paranormal sort of area, do you, how often do you sort of uh, make videos for that? Is it a, uh, do you every few months, do you put a, make a small mini documentary or a video for it? Or is it just as, and when you see a story to think, Oh, that that'll work. I can put do work something with that. How how does that work? How do you feed the channel? Well, I, I it... do have a to do list for both channels, for the Curious World channel and for the the, the, the Paranormal channel. I have, I, I have a tw- I have a twenty twenty two list, <laughs> and I say right for the Curious World. One of those I've got yeah, one of those, yeah, and, they, and they never work out exactly as you want them to, do they? But I I thought right, these are the videos I want to make for twenty twenty two for Curious World, and these are the videos I want to make for Paranormal for for Phantom Chronicles. Sorry, and um. Yeah, I've got a, a long list of videos that I want to do, and I, I will try to put them out every four to six weeks. It doesn't always work out, but so far I've done really well, actually, because I started Phantom Chronicles in October. It was Halloween I, I launched it, and I've done I've just put out my fourth video yeah. since Halloween. Now, for me, that's that's good. That's a good... <laughs> good work rate for a lot of youtubers it wouldn't be because you know a lot of them put out a, a video a week but um for me it's good so i'm not letting anyone down so far well i think that if you're as long as you're producing content that people enjoy and that you feel that you've done the best possible job possible yeah and that that's all that matters i mean but if you want to put out a a, a video every week 
or every three days or whatever you choose to do and you've got the facilities and the time to do it then that's great go for it you know i'm i'm married and i have a i have children as well uh so that obviously takes up a lot of my time and if if i was a single man living on my own i i would have a lot i'm sure i'd have a lot more videos and a lot more subscribers by now but that is not how life is okay so we've established that you've got two youtube channels and you like things you like the gruesome side of it and you like the paranormal side of it let's go into the realms of the real world and i'm i want to pick your brains about have you has the paranormal ever come knocking on your door well this this is a funny one because i am a skeptic and i have always been a skeptic I'm a, i've always been very interested in the paranormal Ever since a very young age, I remember when I was very little, and I'm looking at the book right now, my, my father bought me Ghosts of Somerset by Peter Underwood. Oh, love, love Peter Underwood. Yeah. I got all his books. Yeah. I love all of well, his Well, I'm stuff. still collecting. I'm still trying to get them. I, I found an absolute beauty the other day in a secondhand shop. It was the Ghost Hunters. Ghost Hunters. Uh, I, I'm, let me just, uh, my highly recommended Nights in Haunted Houses. Right. I'll get it. I'll, You'll I'll love get it. it. I'll get it. But yeah, I, I, I picked up the ghost hunters in Yeovil uh, for 50 pence. Oh, bargain. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Bargain. And, and, and I, I think I got, I think I got some material out of it as well. I think there are a couple of stories I pulled from that, from that book as well, from sources. But um, where was I? Oh yes. I was talking about the um, paranormal experiences I had. Well, yes. nothing ever happened to me that until, 2008 in 2008 something happened to me that really stuck with me and it was just a really strange experience and at first I thought oh well you know that's a bit weird maybe it was nothing maybe it was just somebody it was just somebody sat there it was it was fine just forget about it but I, I couldn't I couldn't forget about it anyway I, I, I'll start from the beginning back in August of 2008 i was in the process of moving from cardiff south wales to bournemouth and because i'd been offered a job in bournemouth and i'd lived in bournemouth previously and i'd wanted to get back there because i had this sort of love affair with cardiff that didn't really work out you know failed relationships and the, and the rest of it so i thought it was time to move and uh, in august i moved and i made three trips with, with all of my stuff and the last trip i made I needed I needed a big van because I had it was all the big stuff I needed to move like my, my you know my sofa and things like that mm-hmm. and my uncle said well my friend of mine's got a van I can borrow his van I'll pick you up after work and then we can go to Cardiff and we can bring the rest of your stuff down and I thought great okay he didn't turn up at my house until probably nearly seven o'clock at night so we were it was it was a late one for us so we didn't get up to Cardiff nearly 10 o'clock and uh by the time we'd filled the van up and everything it was sort of it was gone midnight so um it was a very late night and we made our way back and we were heading we were i think it's i think it's the m27 off the top of my head is it the m27 that runs that runs through past um sort of southampton way past totten and down towards Bournemouth way. Uh, right. Okay. I know where you are. I know, I know yeah. the area that you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And we were, um, I was, we were driving down the M27. I think, I hope I've got that right. Anyway, there was a flyover and it, it, it was, 
and this might sound like I'm making this up, but this is no one. It was three o'clock in the morning. It was three a.m. Right. And I know that people use three a.m. and say, "Oh, yes, yeah, this the witching this hour. Is the witching hour. This is when the weird stuff happened." But it was three o'clock in the morning. You know, I promise you. And we were just approaching this flyover and to a, a bridge for any Americans who might not know what that is. And we both looked up. It was just, there was nobody else on the road because it was three o'clock. You know, it was just us. And, and we both looked up and we saw this le- very quite clearly in the headlights. We saw a lady in, in a white gown or in a white dress or uh, dressed in white anyway. Um, but then again, she, it could have just looked white because of the, obviously the reflection of the lights in the dark, it, it, everything looks the mm. same, doesn't it? But anyway, she was perched on the edge of the flyover looking down. Like she was going to jump off. This, it, it bothers me really because, and I'm, I might get some hate for this, but we kept going. Th- those kind of, okay, I just want yeah. to interject here. There are moments in your life where things happen and you think you always, what yeah. if, you know, what, go back and what if though the, that moment happened and you might not even thought about it just carried on like yeah. oh that was weird did yeah. i imagine that and you can think those things over in your head a million times so it's those moments and we've all experienced them but uh seeing someone on a bridge at three o'clock in the morning is going to make you think what what's going on there uh we yeah we we did I mean, really, what what we should have done if it was to happen now, I, I would have just called the police and said, "Look, there's somebody on the bridge. I think they're going to kill themselves." But um, we kept going, and my my uncle turned to me and he said, "Did you see that?" And I said, "Yeah." He, he said, "There was a lady on the bridge." I said, oh, "That's weird." Oh, how how strange, you know, this time of the morning. And we just kept going, and we didn't really think too much about it. But then a f- couple of uh, miles down the road my uncle turned to me and he said maybe it was a ghost it hadn't actually occurred to me at that point um he said oh maybe it was a ghost and i was like nah yeah that's that's funny that'd be silly yeah that's that's a good story you know but then i kept thinking about it and by the time we got back back home back to bournemouth it was approaching four o'clock in the morning now i had to work the next day at eight at nine o'clock right so i wasn't getting much sleep at all so i thought right i need to go home and i need to go to sleep anyway when i got home i couldn't stop thinking about it i couldn't sleep so what i did i sat down on my computer and i googled some keywords i put m27 flyover bridge girl suicide all right so you were trying to all right okay all right yeah. and the story that popped up I can honestly say I've I've never, and there was a picture as well, of the of the young lady involved. I've never had the hairs on the back of my neck stand up before. I I think I know where this is going. This is getting good. I've I've never had this happen to me until this moment, that the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and on the on the top of my head stood up and I could feel it with so much force, pushed up, because the girl that I was looking at, on the website. It- I'm I'm ninety percent sure it was the girl that I saw on the bridge. I'm I want to hear the rest of the uh, the the account of what you found. I've I'm I'm, yeah. I'm itching. Yeah, um, and I and I know that, like I said, I'm a skeptic. I still am a skeptic, but this is something that I couldn't. I've, I haven't been able to forget, and something that I haven't been able to get out of my head. 
So I looked into it, and I don't want to name the young lady. Um, no, no, no. Just... I mean, the information is out there, obviously, but I don't want to name the young lady because it was a horrible story. Um, she had been abused, sexually abused, and nobody believed her story. So she threw herself off, off the bridge. Early hours of the morning in 2007, which was the year before. So, so one year before... It wasn't exactly to the to the day it was approximately a year before i think it was i think it was june or july uh 2007 she she had she had committed suicide thrown herself off of the bridge the person that you thought you saw was the resemblance of i'm almost completely sure wow uh, that the hair the hair was the same her facial features were very similar the hair length was you know she had dark hair it was shoulder yeah. length it it, she, it just looked like her in, interesting as as well that people that say that they uh, see ghosts or apparitions that when they see them they say they just look, they just look like a normal person yeah they just look like a normal solid person they didn't they weren't all wispy or cloudy no. or anything they just looked like an actual normal person that you could go over yeah. and touch yeah um but th there is a second part to this story which i found even ah. e even stranger um and it Again, this this is another reason why I, I haven't been able to forget it. I, I hadn't mentioned the story to anybody because I, I don't know a lot of people who would have would even entertain it, even as as just an interesting story. So I, I kept it to myself. A couple of months later, my mother came to Bournemouth because she was she was working in Paul. She was working at the hospital in Paul, and um, she had a contract to work for a few days or for a couple of weeks even. So she came to live with me for that duration so that she didn't have so far to go. And uh, we, we got talking and we, the conversation turned to ghosts and um, strange occurrences that we'd, you know, we'd had. And my mum claims to have seen several throughout her right. life. But the story came around to what I'd experienced. And um, she listened to me. She didn't really make any comment and then after i told her the story she said do you remember last year when i came to stay with you in cardiff and i said yes and she said you know what i had to leave very very early in the morning because i had to go to work so i had to leave really early she said do you remember that day i was like yeah you know i think i remember that day i remember you something that you know you, you had to get up at stupid o'clock in the morning and she said well right as i was coming into Bournemouth, I was going down the M27, coming into Bournemouth, the, there was a police blockade. The, the police had just, just blocked the road and the cars had just started to pile up, you know, the, the, it's not pile up, sorry, there wasn't a, 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 tra a traffic jam, yeah. It was a jam. jam, the jam started yeah. to pile up. She was very close to the front of it and uh, she thought, oh, this is a bit of an inconvenience, so that, you know, they were redirected and she had to turn around and find an alternative route but later that day she'd heard on the radio that a young lady had thrown herself off of the off of the flyover wow it, so... it was the same it was the same flyover so my mother was there when it occurred places hauntings suicides uh emotions it goes back to the emotional connection the moment of you you know you 
leave this world and if you go to wherever is there a, an emotional connection uh, did you that night could you have possibly witnessed something that happened months earlier and yet your mother is connected as yeah. well because she experienced that event just after it happened it just all those that was kind of some, connection some sort is, of connect like you say an emotional connection yeah. between myself and my mother because she was there when it happened yeah absolutely and I, I had thought of that myself. It is. I, I find accounts like this interesting because of more than one person involved. Not only did uh, you see it, was it your uncle was yes, driving? Yes, my uncle was driving. The yeah. van? He, he, he saw it as well. So both of you saw whatever yeah. it was. Yes, my, 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 mother's, my mother's brother, yeah. Yeah, and, and then your mum witnesses as at the event previously, before it had happened. And when you think of the planet that we're on and we're so we're so deep into our everyday lives that we we walk down this kind of corridor of life and we we get up we go to work we come home we have our dinner we watch a bit of tv we go to bed and we have a hobby we occasionally do but we we are on that kind of path that linear path of and when something like this happens it kind of kicks you off yeah. the rails a little bit and it sort of makes yeah. you think Hang on a minute. What what's going yeah. on here? This isn't this isn't this is this seems a bit mm. odd. And I think when anyone as I say, once again, it is always good to be to question anything like that. You must question it. You can't just go ahead and go, oh well, it was this and it was that and it all happened and it was true and it was fine. It's good to question it because once you start to question it, it makes you look deeper into why it possibly happened, if it happened, how it happened, and what it might have been. And and that goes for all, I think, paranormal cases and the UFOs and stuff. But that really, with your mum seeing it as well, that's like the icing on the cake there. That's what I thought. And and as a, as a sceptic, that's what really, that's what really bothers me. Because I don't yeah. think, unless, unless I saw something that was 100% that I thought, considered 100% proof I would not I can't be a, a believer 100% I just can't because I find it no. so difficult to comprehend even though I've experienced that I still have a, a level of disbelief but yes when, when you say icing on the cake that really was the thing that made me think oh my god maybe there is something more since then uh have you found since having that experience have you found that you've had other experiences after that that maybe that was a catalyst to other things in your life that maybe have happened that you thought well that was a bit strange i don't know about catalyst i never saw it as a catalyst but i i did i had a couple of a couple of experiences a few years later it, it, it it's not something that happened anytime soon afterwards i think it was 2014 um, I'd moved to to Weymouth. I, I moved around quite a bit. I moved from place to place for for a while before I settled down. Um, I moved to Weymouth because uh, from Bournemouth because I decided that I wanted to be closer to the sea. The people, the, the company that I worked for, allowed me to do it because they were happy for me to work from home at the time. So I thought, oh, why not just go and live by the sea? You know, because it was it was a quieter in Weymouth as well. It was more pleasant. So I. I lived on the seafront in a in a flat on the seafront. Um, the the Gloucester Lodge. I'll tell you what. It, yeah, it was the Gloucester Lodge, which was a former hotel. 
um, owned by royalty. I cannot remember now. Which... So it had history. Yes. It, it, it I, was I can't a... remember which monarch yeah. owned it. It, was, it goes back many, many years. And um, I just, I just moved in, and I was, I was sort of led out on the sofa, and I, I went through a stage of watching um, episodes of The Twilight Zone. And this is how yes. I sort of spent my evenings. You know, because I'd moved to a new place, I didn't, I didn't have many friends at the time there because I didn't know anybody, and um, and I was just about drifting off. I was between consciousness and sleep, somewhere in between, and I saw in the corner of the room there's a chair. Now, right from that chair, I saw a what what I, I thought was a. What looked like a male human form. Now I don't know why I thought it was male because there were no, there were no, there was no detail to, to let me know okay. that it was male. But I felt very much that it was male. It got up from the the chair and it walked across the room, past me, past the television, past myself, towards the the doorway that that led out into the hallway, and I sort of snapped out of my my daze and I thought, my God, my what was that? You know, and I thought, but, and because I was half asleep, I thought, oh, I, obviously I was just dreaming. It was just a strange dream yeah. that I had, and like like um, I, I touched on before with you before we started recording that it's that something a story like that for people who don't believe is very easy to um, to dismiss, dismiss yeah. because they think, oh well, you were clearly yeah. as half asleep, you were clearly asleep, you were clearly dreaming, you just didn't realise that you were, and I understand it. I, I get it. But um, a couple of weeks later, I was led in bed and uh, I was just about drifting off. The, the, I had, the, the light in the hallway was on and I was just sort of drifting off to sleep again. And what I believe was the same entity, male entity, walked into the open door, into the room, up to the side of the bed, crouched down, as if, as if they were going to look into the, the sideboard, into to, to the side table, like the little cabinet yeah, at the, the side the of the cabinet bed, cabinet on the yeah, side yeah. of the bed, and this this sort of figure moved in, moved to the, to the cabinet, as if they were sort of reaching down to to open it, and again I snapped out of this daze that I was in, and I thought to myself, well, oh, that was really strange. Um, I've witnessed that before. You know, that's not the first time that has happened. That was the same, same experience that I'd had before, but two different parts of the building. So, do you think that possibly what you were, what you were witnessing, was something that had happened previously, yes. a long yeah, time ago? Yeah, I, I do because I, an imprint, possibly, like you said, it was um, what do they call it—the stone tape theory. Stone tape. I, yeah, I, I like the stone tape theory. I think that's the most plausible explanation. As far as I'm concerned, uh, I think I think with with buildings, I, I love I love history. I love history. I I couldn't live in London, but uh, London's history fascinates absolutely. me. The history of London, it's absolutely, absolutely all of the yeah. John Rogers, he's a YouTuber. He walks around London. He he every week he tells a different story of a different place, and I I I watch his videos religiously you know uh jules guides he walks around london tells all these tales and they're fascinating yeah. and when you go to a city especially with 
our our country, England, has got a lot of history. All of Europe has got a lot of history, but uh, you know, with England, has got a lot of history. Goes back many, 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 many years, and and I think that when we look at tales like you've you know, and older buildings that have got history, and you have these experiences, um, it, it is good to be skeptical. It is good to sort of think, well, what am I experiencing yeah. here? But it's interesting that us as humans, I have this, I have this belief, and it's not my, but it's not my theory. It's a theory that's been around for a long time. It's similar to the stone tape, is that we are basically walking antennas and we we are able to, under the right conditions, tune in to past events. And it's I'm, I don't want to make it sound like, uh, I don't want to go into the realms of mediumship or clairvoyance because I think that is a completely different different topic or it's a different conversation for a different for a different time. I think that we are all, every single person, and more so when you're a child, but as you get older, you tend to not lose the ability, but the ability is put to the the back part of, you know, your mind. You don't need it. But when you're a child, you have the imaginary friends and you and, and you have all those kind of things, you know, uh, children that seem to be more sensitive to things. You know, they can they can tell when things aren't right. And when you get older, you 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 still have those abilities, but they're not they're not as they're not as to the forefront. Yeah. I think that we're all in some way like we were talking earlier about when you are in a very, very, very relaxed, calm, uh, clear state, that you there is a possibility that you, we might be tuning into something, where, for example, you're in you're in a relaxed state. You're as I say, you're relaxed. You're watching the telly or whatever, and then you kind of you don't actually see the uh, the the event, but you kind of you see it within your mind. Yes, and and it's more of a a mental thing and it, okay we can touch on clairvoyance a little bit where some some mediums and clairvoyance they have mental imprints they they don't see things they 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 see that within their mind they have pictures they have uh, events and emotions and feelings and that's how they convey what they're feeling and obviously uh, you know that i say that's a massive can of worms for another day but but yeah. i think that we are in some way able to tune into i'm sure I'm sure that you have had it um, where you go into a building and you can not only do you smell the history because these older buildings, they do have a particularly strange smell to them. Yes. Maybe I'm weird, but that's just me. No, I'll pick do. up on that. Absolutely. They do. But they also have a strange feeling. Do you not agree? Yes. Um, I, I can't really explain it because I, I, I don't, I don't have any, any. I don't think that I have any sort of um, extra sense to, to, to pick out the, these things. I, I don't. I wouldn't say that I walk into an old building and and feel feel that there's something there. I, I, I don't. I don't feel that there are other things there. I'm not not like a, a maybe a clairvoyant would, but I, I do know what you mean. But yeah, it's it's. Oh, it's very difficult to explain. I can't explain. I'm not doing a very good job here. <laughs> well, I think I think what what we can agree on is that on there are times in in an individual's experience of life where you can experience something and you can think that is not really normal. That is not meant to be as 
in the sense that the way that we understand how reality works, like we talk about the stone tape, you can have a, an experience and see something and you think, what, what's going on there? Why am I seeing the same thing? As if, for example, if you'd have, say you'd imagined a person that was in your room that got up out of the chair and walked, what, 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 what is the catalyst behind you seeing that? Did you see that person? Has, has your mind made that up? And then once again, you see the same person in your mind come into your room and go down to the bedside cabinet and yes. to get some. Why is it the same person? There's all those questions to ask. Yes, that was the thing that that made me think, or maybe there's something in this, because I don't know why I I felt that it was the same entity, but I just knew that it was, you know, even though I couldn't actually see. Does it motivate you to investigate or to go into a place that is known to have paranormal activity to want to experience? Or are you happy to sort of leave that to the people that want to go and go for the better use of a better word, ghost hunting. No, I, I, I would leave. I have got. I have gone on a ghost hunting. You know, an arranged, paid for tourist trap ghost hunting uh, thing up up north. I went in, in Manchester. Okay. Once that really came to nothing, but um, because I I don't really know anything about the the equipment. The you know the the equip all of the equipment that they use to pick up the EVPs and the rest of it. I yeah. don't know anything about it. I'm completely ignorant to it. So I tend to I do tend to leave that to the people who know what they're doing. I would quite happily though join somebody who knew what they were doing and and kind of just go along for the ride. I, I would love to do that again. I think um I I, I mention it every <laughs> my listeners are going to get sick of me because every time I talk to someone I mention it. I mentioned this to a previous fellow guest I had on, but one of my dreams is to every year I say I'm of unfortunately because of everything that's been going on in the world in the last couple of years uh, that's been put to the back burner. But one of my one of my dreams is to rent a a very old house in the country away from people. Get a group of people together that which are all like-minded, but all have different thoughts and ideas on what the paranormal is. Yeah. Uh, for a weekend, like a long weekend, and say, right, we're not going to go with all these meters and everything. All we're going to have is maybe a recorder, a notebook, and a camera, and everyone is going to experience, have their own experience, and whatever you experience is you document it, and and at the end of it, we all sit down and we say, right let's see what we've got and see what see if we can build up a picture here because i think that everyone in a way experiences the paranormal in their own way and it has a lot to do with our upbringing if you're in a, a, a highly religious family and your your upbringing is of a religious nature then i think with the paranormal it your experience of it is going to be slightly different if you're in a family that doesn't has no interest in it and you're brought up and you don't know what it is you're you're going to get your ideas from the telly from horror films from you know from spooky films on the telly from kids tv or whatever um so yeah i i think that it would be good to have a group of people together that are like-minded but also not all thinking the same everyone's got their own a little bit skeptical a little bit of a believer a little bit of a a medium or a little bit of a clairvoyant or whatever and put them all together and say right guys we're all here in this big allegedly spooky house which is 800 years old and has had all sorts of things go on in it 
let's see what we experience and and just to just let it just let it happen and uh but i don't the problem is you see when we look at entertainment and you might feel the same you might disagree but i think that there's lots of shows out there there's lots of ghost shows there's lots of anyone now can set up a youtube channel with a camera yeah and go ghost hunting but as you just said you touched on it's it's you, a lot of people trying to do it for clicks and views and yeah. that that can be that that can kind of have a negative effect it, it, it's it can be dangerous can't it because that that will encourage um fakery yeah and it does it absolutely does i mean it, it it happened with most haunted in the end. Oh yeah, didn't it? Because that you know that people had started to lose interest, and then they made this episode where they it, you know they so called had this hundred percent proof of a, of a ghost, and it all turned out to be nonsense. one of the other presenters walking up the stairs, wasn't it? Yes, uh, uh, but didn't they? I heard that they manipulated the the footage. It was well, from what I well. saw, it was a it was a night they were doing a night investigation. And they were in a room, and down the hallway there was a set of stairs that went yeah. up, and right. they caught the legs of someone going up the stairs in the distance on a night vision camera. But yeah. it looked, it really looked, really kind of washed out and fuzzy. And uh, I, I, it was, it, it could have been a member of the crew. It, it looked like they were wearing jeans, jeans, and a pair of like walking yeah. shoes. Yes. So uh, I, I. I, and and also we have a few people that were on the show that left the show because of you know they disagreed with the way that the show was being run and I can understand the producers of these shows it happens with uh, with with ghost hunters and other shows where they say look we need stuff to happen we need yeah. to keep our audience engaged because we need to make that ad revenue. We need to have those advertisers that want to advertise on our show. And we need people to be, we need the figures. And every week, and, and unfortunately, a lot of these shows, they might start out with all the best intentions of the world. And they might go into a, a room, go into a building and do a whole week's investigation and end up with zilch, with nothing. Yeah. Uh, maybe a few ambiguous noises. And what well, that's it. That's all we got, guys. Yeah. The thing is, these things can't happen. They're not going to happen no, no. on cue, are they? No. Like say that it's if they do happen at all, it's very, very few and far between. It's mm -hmm. extremely rare. Oh yes, that's right. That's you. You can, as I I talked to someone else and and we were having a conversation and we got onto the conversation of apparitions and you could go into a an old stately home and you could see. I don't know, a cavalier walking up the stairs or whatever, and you could be the first person that's seen that apparition in 500 years. Yeah. It doesn't have, yeah. a, there's no time schedule to the, to parent, to the paranormal happenings. And we do know that something is happening, but we don't really understand what's happening, but, and we also can't put a time scale on it. And unfortunately, when it comes to the shopping room floor and things are edited in such a way that, when people watch a TV show, it's as if everything's happening every 10 minutes. You're in this crazy house of, of craziness for 40 yeah. minutes. And you, as a as someone who watch, you know, if you're watching the TV show, you then become, well, something's going to happen next week. Something's going to happen next week. And then when you go on a ghost hunt, not you, but, you know, as in an individual goes on a ghost hunt, they go on a ghost hunt and a real ghost hunt, a real, well, sorry, a vigil 
uh, and then nothing happens. And then they think, well, I was a bit cold for half an hour and that was it. And I ate all my sandwiches. Yeah, people people start to pick out things, don't they, that, that they think... I think people's imaginations start to run wild if they're not seeing what they they want to see or that they were hoping that they would see. It's interesting that uh, Peter Underwood, obviously, uh, the very famous... Well, I've, I mentioned it before, a uh, famous author and paranormal investigator, said that um, he had never witnessed a ghost. A, a, he'd never seen a manifestation in all of his years, mm-hmm. which I've got... I've got so much respect for that. And this is why I, I respect Peter Underwood so much is because after all of those years of dedicated, dedicating to the craft, dedication, sorry, to the craft, he came back and said, uh, yeah, I've never seen a ghost. Well, perfectly. Sorry. A perfect, you've got, you bring on a, you couldn't have brought it on better because not seeing him seeing, saying that, yeah, that's true. He'd heard a lot of things. He'd been in houses and, and experienced yes. anomalous sounds. I remember there was a story of him doing a, a research of a manor house and he heard what yeah. he believed to be a horse in the house going up the stairs. Uh, and he re- did the research of the history. And there was a time in the, the, the house, the building's history, where one of the owners used to ride his horse into the house. And, uh, and it happened. It was an event that happened in previous history. Yeah. So you're completely right. He was a very... He always approached everything very skeptically, so saying, "Well, let's look at this from all areas." Yeah, and and that's what I that's what drags me into his books. That's why I like to read his books because they are not just saying, "Oh, it's just a ghost." It's definitely a ghost. It's like, well, what could this be? You know, and I think that yeah. if you're coming from that angle, it it it's fascinating. But on the subject of ghost, I wanna I wanna look up in the sky and say uh, UFOs because. I, I want to know if you've seen any odd things in in the night sky. I've no, I haven't. Um, I've never experienced anything of that nature before. Although I do find it interesting. What What's your take on it? What's your take on on Are we being visited? Is planet Earth got secret bases? What's your take on that? Oh God. Um, I, I I don't think that it's beyond the realms of possibility that we are. That we have been visited, and we, you know, that that, mm-hmm. that um, we have been visited from other planets. I, I think it's it's possible. I mean, there there are obviously, as you'll know, countless accounts of of people who have witnessed this sort of thing, and some of them are really really quite intriguing. I mean, I don't know if you've ever re- read um, Martin Caden's Ghosts of the Air. No, not read uh, that one. But that, that's that's a very good book that covers accounts from what well what the, the author claims to be very respected individuals who who have um given their accounts on all kinds of things that they've seen but um yes it, it's it, it's interesting isn't it and you, you could say that the old adage that um well you know we are one of billions of planets yeah. so who's to say there isn't one just like ours or more advanced than ours or not as advanced as ours out in out there as well and th- there's no reason why they they couldn't visit us so um yeah I, th- I think it's possible it's something that i really need to sort of look into a, a bit more i've only ever done one ufo video um i'm not very well versed so the the plausibility of ufos i think is completely plausible um 
But uh, I was just saying, life on other planets, you think, I mean, I think that we're here, so why can't they be there? Yeah. Wherever that might be. I think it's highly likely. What about Mars? Mars has been in the news uh, recently uh, for its, you know, the the landers and stuff. And I'm a, as any of my listeners will tell you, I, I do have a little bit of a interest in Mars and its anomalies. All of those pictures that come back, uh, some of them look a bit weird. Do you have you had any interest in Mars? Does that do, does that kind of interest you? That kind of side of things with the past possible like past civilizations? Um, I, I, I do find it really interesting. Yeah, and I have seen some very like anybody else has some really interesting sort of images that people claim to be yeah. genuine from from Mars. It's it's something I am interested in. Yeah, uh, as we're gonna kind of in our wrap up. Uh, segment now in 2022 where do you see curious world the phantom chronicles of what's its kind of what's its kind of goal well i I just want to keep going as i am um put out the the best videos that i possibly can without too much of a, a space in between sorry i've just knocked my microphone i have a i'm i'm in production hell at the moment with about three different projects Ooh. and it's it's driving me <laughs> mad because there's one project this, this is interesting and this is driving me crazy there's one project that i began 18 months ago right and i still haven't finished it and i'm determined to finish it because two months ago i found out that netflix are doing a four part series oh you gotta be quick there and I've got to be quick because if I put it out after Netflix, people are just going to say that I copied Netflix. Yeah. And it's going to re. <laughs> and obviously they're going to do a better job. That they, they, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Netflix documentaries. I mean, I know they get a lot of hate from uh, independent filmmakers, and I understand that, but they do put out quality content. Well, they really do. And I really want to get this video out there before that comes about the, the thing that really bothers me I, I don't know how long it's going to take me it could take me another two to three months to do it but once that's out of the way i can then start again on my other videos that i want to do like i said i want to do another when nature unearths the dead video i want to do another dark tales from the thames video i've already got the the stories lined up for that one and I, i'm really looking forward to get getting into that and i want to do another um dark tales from a Another US state uh, gives something else back to the uh, all the lovely American subscribers that I have, that people that show me so much uh, so much support. So, so your um, it, it strikes me that uh, the the darker side, the, the the sort of the darker tales, very similar to I'm I'm sure you're familiar with Shrouded Hand. Oh uh, yes. So uh, yeah, uh, Tom, we've had Tom on uh, Paratalk. Oh, I see. Uh, he's he's a really nice guy, and he's got some he's got some crazy stories. He told us some really interesting stuff, but um, but yeah. So I I think that um, your your kind of uh, y- your stuff is very similar to that. It's sort of kind of got that dark kind of edge to it. It's uh, and and that's what uh, I think is interesting. But you also you come from a slightly different angle because you try and look at the the flip side of the stories and look beyond it's normal story to say, well, is there more to this? Yeah. I can only see that, uh, you know, your channel's getting more and more interesting. I can only see that the story's becoming more and more head-scratching. Uh, but as I say, that it's that unfortunately, when you do a channel's 
were of this nature and they take so much effort to put together and it's such a task because as you say you've got to do all your research you've got to do all your b-roll you've got to do all your recording you've got to do all your editing and and it's a it's an incredible i mean i do run i run a, a simple podcast and it takes enough work lord knows how much longer it would take me if i started to work with video as well yeah it, it's, it is a very long process and it is frustrating um, especially if you're talking about something that there's no there's not really anything apart from writing yeah on on record you, you know you have no there's no video there's no images it's very very difficult to to portray that and um yeah that that is it that is one sort of problem that i've come up against many many times and i don't want to what i don't like to do is to use images and, and vis, visuals that are completely irrelevant yeah to, to what what is happening you know for example if i was if i was talking about something that happened in 1720 something and then i showed a a city with cars driving up and down the highway yeah, bit, it, yeah. it just doesn't make sense even it might be the right location but if it isn't at, off the time it makes no sense to me I, I i really do struggle sometimes with that um but one one other thing sorry you were t- you were talking about w- what's going to happen going forward yes I, yes i've always had a an issue with my audio i mean a lot of people say that my audio is fine um i personally know that it can be improved and it, it really it was just lack of finances um that i haven't been able to get a really really good audio setup that's something i want to do this year and something that i've started to put money into already i just need to to buy the the big expensive microphone and to set that up all right okay. well it sounds like you've got your your plate is full for this year um yeah. as i say it's uh, we've all got our lists uh, i've got one as well how much of that list i will get done I have no idea, but I've got some good ideas and projects to be moving forward with. And as I say, these episodes are to, I I like to network. I like to bring other people in and I like to network with people and I like to hear what, to get their feedback and hear their stories. And I think that um, if you can do that and you can create a a small community of people that are like-minded, it's all about working together and it's all about sort of helping each other grow by working in different areas and uh, and it's just it's just a nice thing it's just a positive thing creating that positive environment but that's just me being all all weird but anyway so we're gonna we're, this is the end now we've come to the end it's been absolutely brilliant uh loads of interesting information i hope you've all listened that were listening intently because i was um remember paratalk paratalkpodcast.com uh all the links to curious world's information and his websites is going to be on the show notes so if you if you want to i would highly advise you go there and you listen to and watch every video take it easy and i'll speak to you soon